Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing, man. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good show tonight. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's great. Last week, I don't know if uh, you know you you may or may not tune into other show panel to screen, but uh, Bell actually took point, which was uh, which was really Terrifying. great. No, you did wonderful, man. You did wonderful. <laughs> I, I saw the praise coming in on Twitter. Well, you know, wonderfulness aside, it was still terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think you'd agree. Well, I, well, I'll say today, uh, I'm going to rely pretty heavily on you, though, man, because my my voice is pretty weak. Uh, the great thing about podcasting when you've been sick for several weeks is you can actually hear the progression or rather degression of your voice over several weeks and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when I sounded that bad and, oh, it got worse and, oh, it's it's terrible now. So, <laughs> And thank you, Scott. I see that. Oh, yeah, that's chat. good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, but yeah, man, so we, we've got um, – but all that to say, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty good. I got some uh, nice hot tea here. I have, uh, I, you know, you and I'm sure several of our listeners will ha- be happy to know that I'm abstaining from the alcohol for uh, for the late next couple of weeks until I get healthy, and we'll see if that helps. Because I thought the whiskey was going to help the the voice, but apparently, you know, every time I do that, where it's like, oh man, I got some, I got the sickness. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna kill it with alcohol. Uh, it never helps. Yeah, it always gets worse. <laughs> yeah. it always gets worse. <laughs> I let that, why that is. Let that be a lesson, kids. Take take the medicine, not the. Not, not the, the booze. Not the booze. Now, did you gargle warm salt water like I instructed you to do? No, actually, I did think about that, but uh, I think I'm good, man. This is this is really this is green tea. I got lemon in there. I got honey, and so I, I think I'm going to be okay. But uh, you know what? I know some people who are going to be okay, and that's listeners of this podcast. You know, we, you. Mentioned, we mentioned it last week, but uh, if you haven't already, head over to iTunes and write us a review because every single multiple of ten uh, reviews that we get. We're actually giving away free digital comics. In fact, this very episode will be giving away a free digital comic at the very end. So stay tuned to uh, to find out. And just so you'll know, that is going to be before the spoiler section. So, and you... by the way, I have the greatest idea for a drum roll now. Oh, that's that's good. Well, let, stay tuned to hear what that is. That's that's going to be great. Want to let you know too. You got we, we are looking for those legitimate reviews. You can't like just write in the review. Hey, I want. To win free comics that doesn't work we need to we we want to reward you for the feedback that's how that works so you have yeah, to actually yeah. give us legitimate feedback to be qualified uh so we look forward to uh, seeing those and uh to giving away a free comic this very episode 
but yeah, no, it's really cool. So you guys just head over to iTunes and uh, give us some reviews. Let us know what you think. You know, obviously give us a five star rating because that's what we clearly well, deserve. you know, four or five stars <laughs> is kind of what we're hoping for. That's that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. Um. Hey, I will I will want to let you know one last bit of housekeeping news before we jump into the. Uh, the meat and potatoes of this awesome episode. And that is that we are going through a little bit of schedule change here at Flash TV Talk. Uh, I mentioned it several episodes ago, but um, you know, my wife and I are, are expecting our second child. We're really excited about that. Uh, but in a way to kind of prepare to make sure that that doesn't throw everything off here, the, the live show will continue to be on Wednesday nights. That should not change, although that particular week we may, <laughs> we may not do a live show, all things considered. But uh, the podcast, you've been, you know, you have been able to receive the podcast every single Thursday, uh, but that's going to actually push back to Friday. So this episode will actually go out on a Thursday, but from now on, it'll be every single Friday. And that's just to make sure that we can keep this weekly and, and you know, we don't miss a beat. Yeah, because, you know, missing beats, especially considering the, you know, nature of this episode. Yeah, is very bad. dropping the bass, man. The bass. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Piper's all about that bass. Let's go ahead and jump into the, uh, into the episode with the rundown. The rundown. Episode 11, The Sound and the Fury, directed by John Showalter, uh, and story by Bell. Allison Shaper and Brooke Eichmeyer. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, while home, Dr. Wells receives a threatening call from an unidentified person before having to use his super speed to move out of the way of his glass ceiling shattering around him. Wells informs Barry and the team that the caller was Hartley Rathaway, a former protege. Hartley begins attacking his family's business with sonic blast, and when Barry arrives to stop him, Hartley reveals that he knows the secret Dr. Wells is hiding. Dr. Wells reveals that Hartley warned him that the particle accelerator could explode ahead of time, but Wells chose to risk it for their potential rewards. Cisco discovers that Hartley intentionally caught wait intentionally got caught so he could steal information from Star Lab's computer that would allow him to identify the frequency of Barry's molecules so he can kill him. Barry triggers a trap set by Hartley which starts shredding Barry's organs. Dr. Wells taps into a satellite and sends an alternate frequency to disable Hartley's weapons. Later Joe has Eddie start an investigation into Dr. Wells. Hartley, imprisoned back in the particle accelerator, reveals to Cisco that he knows where Ronnie is and how to save him. In his secret room, Dr. Wells uses the Tachyon technology to temporarily recharge his speed force energy. Yeah, man, this was an awesome episode. And right out of the gate, there's a wonderful reference, not even just a reference, a, uh, the showing of an established uh, supervillain gang in this universe. And I'm talking, of course, about the Royal Flush Gang. Um, now, Bell, you don't know this, but early on in earlier seasons of episodes, Arrow actually had to deal with the Royal Flush Gang. And here we see perhaps... I don't know, maybe not the exact same characters, but a continuation of that gang that uh, Flash shuts down pretty uh, pretty efficiently. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, this weekend, uh, I was at Pain Arcade Expo and uh, had a couple late nights and early mornings. And Saturday night, decided to uh, check in a little early into the hotel room. And I was flipping through stations, and whatever HBO station was they had in San Antonio was playing back-to-back Warner animated movies. Oh, and the one, I, I don't know which one it was, but I, I flipped to it right when it was going on, and it was the Royal Flush Gang fighting the Justice League. Oh, yeah. I think that's actually Justice League Doom, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, it was Justice League Doom. That's right, that's right. And that was my first, exp- well, I mean, I, I think I'd heard of the Royal Flush Gang before, but I just think it's really crazy that Royal Flush Gang, 
I see, you know, their whole cool gang doing this, like, you know, diamond robbery thing. And then in Flash, sure enough, there's the Royal Flesh Gang again. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many different interpretations of, you know, what the Royal Flesh Gang looks like. Uh, one of the things I love about the uh, the animated Batman Beyond and and just kind of the the Bruce Timm universe that they established in that in the several different series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Superman, uh, they established in the future what the Royal Flush Gang looked like. And then when they actually introduced it into the present, it was nothing like that Royal Flush Gang. And so they ended up having to kind of retcon it a little bit, saying that there were so many different iterations of what the Royal Flush Gang looked like. That, you know, I think even Amanda Waller says, who can keep it straight? So <laughs> uh, so now you said that these are superpowered bad guys. No, well, not not uh, if I did, I, I meant to just uh, insinuate they are established villains within this universe. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't think they had any sort of uh, special abilities. At least it wasn't evident that they did. Yeah. Oh, hey, I forgot to actually mention, man, when we jump right into this, uh, last week you may remember that there was a new intro or at least a new monologue from Barry saying that I used to think I was the fastest man alive, but that title doesn't belong to me anymore. Here we're actually back to the old monologue where, you know, my name is Barry Allen and I'm the fastest man alive. Which is interesting, which, you know, I mean... I guess it's probably something they didn't want to change, you know, keep that that different uh, uh, intro for every episode. I guess, but why? It's kind of weird, though. Yeah, it, it, there's a there's kind of this omnipresent nature of the opening monologue, right? Yeah, where you've got to have like you know, there, it's a sense of this is where Barry's headspace is, or at least that's what they kind of it's it's a gear shift once we actually get to the man in the yellow suit and he, he changes up or post man in the yellow suit and he changes it up. So I, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, did you ever watch Reboot? Oh, uh, you mean the best show ever? <laughs> yeah, well, on Reboot, in the later seasons, or at least the, the first couple of seasons, uh, it was kind of the same type of intro where uh, the character of Bob you know, says, my name is Bob and I live in mainframe. I can't remember exactly what it was. Do you recall off the top of your head? I don't, but I just thought of an excellent idea if they ever reboot, reboot. <laughs> uh, they need to reboot, reboot, right? They could call it Reboot Squared. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah, no, man. Uh, but but Bob would actually do the intro, and then in the later seasons, spoilers for Reboot, but that's like two decades old, uh, <laughs> Bob actually, you know, he gets you know, sent off into, I guess, the-, the inter- Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix, the internet. And, and so the main characters are, you know, kind of rotated out, and each main character for that particular episode had their own intro, and so it really set the tone for every single episode. I kind of thought that that was what we were shifting into after the man in the yellow suit, but apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. I just, I just saw Jason's comment. Uh, Jason in the, in the chat. chat. What's he saying? Uh, he says, uh, shouldn't it be called reboot in safe mode? <laughs> that would be, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that would have been kind of cool just to have a, you know, maybe not a different intro every time, but at least a, cause you know, the, the, the previously on the flash thing that they did, was really heavily focused on you know there, there was a lot of reverse flash in there and a lot of things like that yet he's still saying he's the fastest man alive i don't know it's weird but you know whatever yeah 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 I don't know. uh we do actually get to see him using those powers for personal gain in the speed selfie which i hate the term selfie but that was actually kind of cool i've learned to embrace the term at this point like i used I just, to hate it but now i say it too much so that i don't think i can justify hating it anymore like i was saying it just to kind of make fun of it but now it now it's kind of now I kind of do it. Yeah, I just you know having to draw the Brogues comic 
arc with the, the <laughs> that's right where Maribro gets obsessed with selfies but yeah it just you know it just ironed or, or you know ironed in the the irony well not irony the ironed in the uh the uh hatred of the word oh wow. that's just me that's just me i you know i'm an old man so there's that but this is a speed selfie for the future man they are you know obviously barry doesn't want to take his picture and get it out on the internet that hey barry allen's the flash but he's cool with the future knowing that yeah and that's you know with all these you know what is it it wasn't iCloud that was hacked it, one of those you know sony was hacked yeah sony was hacked but you know the the uh the big scandal that happened there's a lot of celebrity photos that got leaked sony well anyway you know phones take pictures and they duplicate them up on the cloud somebody's gonna you know hack cisco's phone and find hey who's this guy wearing the flash suit i know i know <laughs> it's just a bad idea in this day and age you can't you know nothing digital is safe at all yeah if you want to take a picture and you don't want it getting on the internet take it with one of those disposable film cameras which probably a lot of you have no idea what i'm talking about but you know those little disposable film cameras that you'd get and you, you would take like sure. you know 25 pictures and take them to the film place that i don't even know what those are called anymore <laughs> the photo hut photo hut there we go that's yeah. one no man look i think this is going to come back and bite them because you know why else it's, it's got to dude they kind of made a little bit of a big deal about it and then nobody mentioned it for the rest of the episode so that photo i have a feeling is going to be a catalyst for future stories yeah i, I hope they do bring it back because that's one thing i really like and it, it shows it's a sign of really good writing when you have situations like that and all the fans go that's kind of dangerous and then when they actually do something with it in the future it's a sign of really good forward thinking and really good writing so i'm anticipating the quality of the writing in this show is phenomenal so i'm oh, yeah. really anticipating this to to come forward and uh you know eventually hurt them in the future we do get to see that they are kind of getting along obviously team flash is buddy buddy which is not something that's been universal. I mean, we've seen episodes where uh, specifically H.G. Wells and Barry have kind of been at each other's throats. We've also seen H.G. Wells threaten uh, Cisco uh, pretty pretty harshly in the past. Mm -hmm. But at this point, they're, they're working as one consistent unit. And, you know, H.G. Wells even coming in, bringing that super speed, uh, you know, shot calling in the midst of the, the Royal Flush game takedown uh, is big. And then, of course, we do actually get to see H.G. Wells legitimately tapping into his super speed at his house and here's what i love bell right now as that was happening as that was happening as people were literally watching hd wells super speeding with negative reverse speed force lightning around him there were still people who were like nope he's not the reverse flash <laughs> well he's not what's it gonna take that's all i want to know man what's it gonna take he's actually gorilla garage that was a legitimate theory until the man in the yellow suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, I, you know, th th I can I can kind of see where some of these theories are coming from because some of them are saying, okay, well, yes, he's a speedster. Yes, he can run fast. Yes, he's wearing the yellow suit. Maybe he's not the only reverse flash. And so there's still maybe some contention as to the reverse flash that beats him up is a different guy. Yeah, and I'm I'm starting to get a little bit more okay with that concept that maybe I even hate to say there's two reverse flashes but but maybe there could be a second reverse flash in play uh, whether or not it's another HG Wells from another timeline or if it's you know if, if it's HG Wells is you know taken Eddie in the future and made him one I mean that's Eddie's not Eobard and I don't I don't buy that at all I think HG Wells is Eobard Thawne yeah, but I and I I don't think I'd be surprised if we actually see Eddie 
in any capacity turn into a reverse or he won't turn into the reverse flash if he turned into a reverse flash I, I can see where that could legitimately happen I just don't think it's going to happen yeah yeah I, I I'm still firmly in the Harrison Wells you know Eobard Thawne Chris in the chat's yeah. pointing out, and we talked about this last week, but of course Tom Cavanaugh said there's only one, and I mean that's that's still where I stand is that there's only one, um, but at the same time, I mean this is going to be a long series. You know, it's not going to be a one series and it's one season it's, and it's done. So I don't want to say never. Uh, you know, if, if at some point Eddie figures out, you know, if if some point Eddie becomes a Reverse Flash in like season three, you know, that's a different that's a different storyline altogether. I'm just saying in this storyline, I still don't see that as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can I can second that. Here's the other thing. H.G. Wells, for a man who is trying to hide the fact that he can walk, sure has a lot of windows in his house when he's walking around. People who live in glass houses shouldn't cast stones. Well, yeah, this is true. <laughs> and also people who live in glass houses shouldn't walk around when they're trying to pose as handicapped. Yeah, yeah, no matter how much scotch you're drinking. That's true. That's true. Now, did it strike you as weird uh, when Barry was over there with the CSI unit that he used his super speed to reconstruct the glass? Why would that be weird? Well, I, and I don't recall just from recollecting right now because I watched it last night. But if someone were to go back there and not maybe not maybe even if they didn't see him put it together, it would take a long time to reconstruct that panel. So if there are other cops around there and they come around, it's like, when did Alan find the time to reconstruct this pain? You know, it, well, it seems like. If, if I mean, if he needed to really quickly, he could be like, oh, what? And then just, you know, super speed, create a wind, scatter it again. That's true. That's that, true. That One of the benefits of having the super speed is, you know, you can undo anything that you do really, really fast before anybody really notices. Just like the Christmas tree. Just like the Christmas tree. Exactly. There you go. Okay. There okay. Go. Yeah. I, I, I will accept that. I, I no longer have any concerns about that. But Wells knows exactly who did this. Is uh, The guy said himself that he was time to pay the piper. Uh, Wells had his suspicions, and we get to see not only, this is really cool, not only did we get a chance to see the origins of Pied Piper, we actually also got to see the origins of Cisco, and uh, and his coming on to Star Labs and you know how his relationship not only with Pied Piper pans out, but also with H.G. Wells, with you know Caitlin Snow, with everybody. Yeah, that was really neat to see the, basically they're two exact opposites. Yeah. And Cisco, exact opposite. He's They're the both anti, extremely intelligent. He's the anti-vibe. Yeah. <laughs> the vibe. reverse vibe. <laughs> exactly. And they both, I mean, it, they both they both have vibes, man. Putting out fre- frequencies and, uh, and uh, vibrations. <laughs> the anti-vibe. Yeah. You know, it, and, it, and it's, uh, it, it's really neat seeing how everyone just instantly kind of attaches onto him and instantly, or instantly attaches to Cisco and like, instantly distances themselves from Hartley. Well, I mean, uh, they pointed out that before Cisco even showed up, that guy was kind of a jerk. And I have to say, even though he is kind of a jerk, maybe it's a, a moment to look at Pied Piper and realize that it's somewhat of a mirror because his exact criticism, initial criticism of Cisco, was the exact initial criticism of Cisco that I had in early episodes of Flash TV Talk. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's popping in there. This is this huge thing. And he's like wearing all these shirts. Get a haircut, you know. See, I, I never had that 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 criticism because I'm the same way. You know, sure, I I you know I I work in computers and and uh, develop you know ETL software and stuff like that. But I'm always constantly joking and stuff like that. I I think it brings a nice light feel to the work environment, and I totally respect what he did. And I feel that I am the same kind of way as Cisco. I wouldn't say that I am Cisco because I feel he's smarter than me, but. Um, 
you know, you, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta keep work fun or it becomes work. And I don't think Hartley liked that at all. Hartley was just straight up businessman. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, so are you saying that essentially in our relationship, I am the Piper, you are the vibe? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Piper's an interesting character, man. They gave him a lot of depth. His relationship with HG Wells is one that's, it's considerably intriguing. Uh, you know, we learned that Piper is estranged from his parents after he came out. Uh, essentially, H.D. Wells has been this father figure to him ever since. And he puts himself on such a high pedestal that the only other person that's out there that he actually li- like raises up to that same height and, in fact, lifts up above him is H.G. Wells. Yeah, that's the only person that he actually looks up to is what it seems. Wait, like, you know, uh, what was it? Cisco walks in. He says, uh, you know, this guy, he's incredible. Trust me, you'll you'll like him or something like that. And Piper says, you know, you I trust. And then he gives Cisco the dead, you know, the dead eye. Yeah. Well, what does he say? He says, I'll give you two weeks or something like that. Maybe before that he eventually gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's that's just straight up rude to say to a new employee. But he, man, he thinks he's God's gift. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He thinks that he is the the chosen one. And um, can we just real quick? Can we talk about Star Wars? Lucas gonna sue somebody. Seriously though, there's a lot of Star Wars references throughout this entire episode. I got the chosen one. It's more than that, dude. All right, so they they really kind of established Pied Piper to be an Anakin Skywalker type of character. Um, you know, he you know they even make reference to the chosen one. He shows up. He's wearing the uh, the cloak, and I realize that that's a reference, of course, to his comic book costume. But dude looks straight like a Sith Lord. I mean, he looks exactly like a Sith Lord. Um, and on top of that, you also have later on in the episode, Barry throws in a, a Star Wars quote uh, in, in reference to H.G. Wells. He says something like he has his moments, very much a Star Wars quote from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and what I love, and as I was kind of contemplating all this, even though in this storyline, Piper is kind of the, the Sith Lord, H.G. Wells is the true Palpatine of everything. And, oh, and, sure. And sure, that yeah. he is the puppet master, dude. Every single thing that he does throughout this entire episode, he is manipulating. He's manipulating Piper. He's manipulating Team Flash. He's manipulating the city. He's manipulating everybody. Everybody. I, I halfway expected H.G. Wells at, at one point, you know, when uh, when Hartley's getting all mad for him to be like, yes, let the hate flow through you. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah, man. He, and he even looked like a, you know, like a Jedi when he's kind of you know, pushing out the uh, the sound wave power. What what are we calling that? Uh, it'd be like a sonic ray or something. All right. Well, I mean, like you know, he's sonic he, blast. He looks like he's force pushing that stuff. Sonic boom. What do you think? I don't know. Like y'all, Street Fighter. Y'all, let us know what you think. If you think there's uh, uh, an intentional nod to Star Wars throughout the episode or not, I, I'd be curious to know if anybody else thought that. I don't know. Like I I, I was scrolling because I, I didn't get to see it live uh, yesterday. Uh, but I was scrolling through some of the some of the tweets you're sending out, and uh, I didn't really get the whole Sith Lord thing. He just has a hood. But no, you know? it's not just that. It, if it was just that, then I wouldn't. You know, I was trying to come up with a, a fun name for him. Is he going to be Darth Piper or Harry Piper? Because he kind of looks like Harry Potter. But <laughs> but you know, and when he mentioned the chosen one thing, I was like, oh, okay, he's totally Darth Piper then. Yeah, but then again, you know, I mean. Oliver Queen wears a hood. He's okay. kind of like a chosen one. You're no fun. You're no fun. <laughs> Star Wars is is my life, and <laughs> I, I can't just apply it to everything. You know, it's got to stay special. 
All right. Well, we'll bring it back. Iris, uh, she's she's starting her new job in the bullpen here over at uh, Central City. What's the name of the paper? Oh, gosh, it was a cinch, uh The Daily Planet. No, I think it was actually the uh, the weekly sphere that floats in space. I was trying <laughs> to think of another word for planet and I couldn't think of anything. So I just had to. Yes, there we go. Green Claw got it. Central City Picture News. That's right. All right. So she's starting off there. Of course, this is, I mean, I, Iris in the comics, of course, is a, is a reporter and uh, it, it matches up there. But because of the similarities, we're going to see a lot of nods, of course, to Lois Lane going on a similar path. There's even mention in her boss, she asks him if he goes by Chief. He says no. But of course, there's a reference to Superman where uh, Perry White actually goes by the uh, the nickname Chief. Yeah. Now, I, I will say this whole situation, uh, you know, Iris gets this email from a newspaper and she's not even finished journalism school yet saying that they want to bring her on as a full fledged reporter. Well, no, dude, that it's a it's a strategical move for the paper. To, to their knowledge, she is the only person who has a direct line to the flash. Oh, no, no, no. I realized that what I thought was kind of naive on Iris's part is that she doesn't. Oh, like, wait, what? She goes there and she's every chance she gets she's sitting there trying to think okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna we should do this report and we should do this report maybe she thinks that because of her reporting on the flash they want her as a journalist and she doesn't put the two and two together that the the only reason she's there is because they want flash stories well it's because she's not because she's a good journalist not because of you know whatever else it's because they want flash stories it's because she's a worthless talentless millennial man that's why she doesn't realize it that's true, and she should totally go read the Brogue. I know! That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course she's not talentless, and definitely not worthless. Um, but she is she is new to this, and you're right. I mean, I think that that is kind of a... Uh, that's not necessarily such a strange concept to somebody who achieves early success and doesn't quite realize the fact, wait, why am I actually achieving this? Oh, of course I am. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's That's stereotypical of, of a millennial. Well, right, but I, I don't I don't picture her as vain. I picture her as naive more than anything else. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, like which, I, I legitimately think that she was going in there thinking that they saw her blog and thought she was an excellent journalist, and she's just not putting two and two together that the only reason they want her is because she might know the Flash. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that we'll we'll see that pay off later on. Of course, obviously, uh, later in the episode, Harrison Wells uses this you know as an opportunity to to build some bridges up with Barry. Uh, but back it up, man. Piper, after throwing down at the uh, at the building and attacking his dad's building, he um, he pulls a Loki. Yeah, dude. No, this whole episode, I love the chess theme that was running along the background of this entire episode. Yeah. You know, in all those flashbacks, you know, they're sitting there and it's it's uh, Harrison and Piper playing chess. Right. And they go into different strategies in chess. And, you know, it's uh, and I love the line when they're on the dam and Pied Piper shoots one of the. the vehicles off the edge of the dam and he's like what does he say he says uh scarlet knight to rook four or something like oh, that. oh exactly. i did i've missed that part that's good yeah yeah because he's like he's talking about uh, uh the flash is the scarlet knight and so he makes a couple chess references there i thought that was awesome like i, I loved his whole plan it, it seemed really really convenient that you know he was defeated so fast at his parents right uh building and so i'm sitting there thinking okay that's kind of it's kind of strange, especially when Cisco is like, oh, yeah, by the way, this thing was only turned up to, you know, half power or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when he's talking about his devices. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you and your disease. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. If you were a flash villain, you'd be like Lord Pestulous. <laughs> That's probably right. Wasn't well, that the, the in a flash contest right now is what would your metahuman power be? 
ability to cough at supersonic speeds. Gosh, at this point, I'll just take the ability to speak without coughing. There you go. <sighs> It'd be a metahuman ability for me right now. Yeah, you know, I, I completely missed the first time around, and I got it more the second time around, about how this really was a strategic play against Wells. It was kind of hard to figure out what his end game was because he gets himself captured for the sole purpose of what exactly? Just to send a message? Because he gets in there. No. What was his end game? That's what I, that's, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what his end game was. So Piper knows that Wells activated the uh, particle accelerator when there's, a, there's still a risk that it could explode. Right. So Wells didn't, you know, brush him aside or whatever. He straight up, you know, fired him and escorted him out of the building and threatened to ruin his career if he right. said anything about it. He went in that, that kind of space that we've seen him go a couple of times where he uh, he killed that one guy and then also the time that he threatened Cisco. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, what I feel his endgame was was to, first off, he wanted revenge on Wells. So he wanted to uh, reveal the fact that Wells was responsible for all this bad stuff. Uh, at, at first, that's where I was kind of thinking uh, what he was doing with the files, right. uh, as he was going to you know, leak these out and ruin his reputation even further, right. uh, maybe even potentially put him in jail or something like that. Uh, also, once he deduced that the Flash was coming from Star Labs, he put two and two together. Okay, well, Wells's, you know, new pet project or whatever is the Flash, and so in order to further ruin H.G. Wells, I must also destroy the Flash. And so that's why he wanted to get himself caught in the first place was to get the information on the Flash as well as the information on Wells. So Wells beat him to the punch by coming clean and saying, hey, I did this. It was a, there, there was a there was a small risk, but the uh, the rewards were well worth it. And it turns out that the small risk turned into a large risk and, you know, hurt Ronnie and, you know, injured a bunch of people and made a bunch of metahumans. Yeah, I, I, I think his end game was just to go in and uh, ruin Wells and Wells's new little pet project, a.k.a. The Flash. So, all right. So his end game is to take out The Flash because that's what's going to ultimately get Wells. The Flash, he sees The Flash as the the new chosen one, um, Harrison Wells' new protege. In fact, uh, as H.G. Wells actually goes for the press conference, he even makes mention of the two. He said, you know, I was warned at the time by an old friend, but now I've been encouraged by a new friend, almost accenting the fact that, you know, the Flash has taken Piper's place in the lexicon that is, you know, uh, Star Labs. So his he wants to kill Flash so that it take so that that's his revenge on Wells. Yeah. What once the uh, once. I mean, my interpretation of it is, is once Wells came clean before Piper leaked in the information, uh, the next best thing for him to do was to kill his new protege. Okay. All right. Now, that makes sense to me because I was having a hard time with it. He, he shows up. He gets captured. He explodes Cisco, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, he goes. He actually finds H.G. Wells, who's on the ground. We'll talk about that in a second. And, uh, and then he just leaves him there. Like, you know, it's just all of a sudden Piper's gone. Wells is back in his chair. And, you know, everything's hunky-dory except for the fact that Cisco got blowed up. Let's talk about Cisco getting blowed up. Yeah. He got blowed up real good. Real good. Like, that was a huge, thick steel door, and I'm pretty sure I saw a giant piece of it hit him in the face. <laughs> so I don't know how exactly it's possible that he survived. Uh, I mean, I knew they weren't going to kill him, obviously, but well, I figured he'd be out of commission for it for e a while. Even if, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously he's going he's gonna to survive. He's like one of the main characters. But, but at the same time, he didn't have much of a scratch on him. 
he had a bloody nose right when the explosion happened. And then after that, he's like hunky dory. He's like, oh, I'm a little sore. I should probably go to sleep. You should probably be in a coma. <laughs> Did you think, you know, based on the nature of how Piper's powers work in this universe, that he's kind of controlling frequencies and, vib- and sound vibrations, did you think that maybe out of that explosion, Cisco might start getting his vibe powers? Out of that explosion? No. Really? Okay. Why? The, the reason I don't think so is because uh, the, the the powers in this universe seem to be linked directly to the particle accelerator explosion. Yeah. And so if he doesn't have them now, then he's going to have to get them some other way, maybe, uh, maybe through another dimensional portal opening up or whatever whatever uh whatever they open to let that dark energy right. and dark matter and all that stuff come into the world that needs to happen again i believe for him to get his powers oh, unless it's he does a tech belt, like a tech route you know yeah like if he invents a suit or something there was a couple of times where i thought maybe the events of what was going on was going to have to omg science a way for different people to get powers i thought maybe that happened to vibe and that's why he was so fine after the explosion i thought you know at the end when piper's gloves exploded on his hands maybe that would somehow infuse the vibration powers to himself or something like that which i don't well, think here's happened. my question yeah so a lot of people were saying that pied piper is not a metahuman right well this pied piper is not a metahuman correct but i don't know he's he, Oh, well, you know what? That's There's right. There's a lot of stuff about him that seemed very metahumanish. You know, I didn't think about that. Uh, the fact that he can't hear without that super evil hearing aid thing. Yeah, like he, he designs these hearing aids so that he can block out uh, all this extra sound that he hears. And I and it's never really explained why he why his hearing was damaged, what damaged his hearing, and why he needs uh, the, the hearing aids. My my guess, like I, I was thinking the whole time that he was a metahuman because he's sitting there and he's right. talking how he, he can hear the frequency of the Flash's radio, and he, he says the megahertz level. So, like, I don't know if the hearing aids that he put in are, what, are what's giving him that ability, uh, as well as preventing him from hearing everything or something like that. I think the tech is kind of controlling that sub-meta ability. I, I didn't, you know, that's a good point, uh, because one of my big problems uh, on a just kind of an ethical standpoint is that they lock up Piper in the basement when he's not a metahuman. Now, whether or not they should even lock up metahumans in the basement, I think I said early on that that seems a little gray area-ish. But when you start locking up guys that are not, that don't even have superpowers in the basement, then you're just you're just kidnapping people. You know, there's no there's no law, there's no due process, there's no legal, you know, judge, jury, and, and everything else. It's just yeah. hey, suspension of habeas corpus is like huge. You know, that's 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 a that's a real bad thing. Right, um, and, and I, I you know I I could actually see it more. And really, I think probably what they should do is establish some sort of deal with, you know, Star Lab says, oh, hey, we can actually house these in some sort of supermax prison that we've, uh, you know, created for this kind of thing. And then after they go through the, you know, legitimate processes, then they can be locked up down downstairs if they need to. But at least it's part of the judicial system and it's not just, you know, Cartman throwing hippies in his basement. Yeah, in fact, I, I thought they were going to kind of take a turn towards getting rid of the Supermax prison thing when Cisco came forward and helped out the uh, CCPD last episode by giving them the riot shields. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, Leonard and, uh, and Heatwave. They're not metahumans, but they had technology that was far surpassing what the police could deal with, which is the problem with metahumans is the police can't deal with them. So in this case, uh, Pied Piper, while he may not have been a metahuman, 
he still had technology and had abilities and whatnot that the police could not deal with. And so what I was kind of expecting them, the, the, the route to go in last week's episode was to say, hey, you helped us out with these dudes. Now we know the Flash is real. Are there any other people like that? And how can you guys help us contain these people? But, you know, of course, the, the, the prison's still secret, so no one knows about it outside of Team Flash. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it still kind of, you know, irks me when they use that prison thing. I wish, I wish, 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 wish they would bring that up uh, about how they're, they're you know. They're going to have to. Yeah, like how they're imprisoning these people without any sort of due process or any sort of trial or and any plumbing. of that kind of stuff. How do they go to the bathroom in those things? Like, is there a plumbing system that's hooked up to the particle accelerator? I'm pretty sure that... Uh, Cisco kind of has to go in there and mop those things out oh, every man. couple of days. Do you, do you ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? You know, I'm I'm familiar with it, but I don't think I've ever watched it. So there's a um, there's a character called Charlie, uh, played by Charlie Day, and he's illiterate and he's dumb and he's just ridiculous. But uh, they always give him the the crap jobs, and they call it Charlie, you know, Charlie work. He's like, nah, I'm not doing that. That's Charlie work. So, <laughs> so you think that's like Cisco work? That's Cisco work. Yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah, cleaning that out, Cisco work. The man's a genius, and they've got him cleaning out the uh, <laughs> the uh, the leftovers from uh, from the supervillains down there. Also, how do they eat? You know. So uh, yeah, I was assuming that with these metahumans, uh, I mean Barry's got to eat a lot, obviously. So these other guys probably have to eat a bunch too. I'm just guessing that there's some core, the energy field in there is sustaining them through OMG science. Yeah, I guess so. I don't. I mean, it's it's suspension of disbelief. That's fine. It's it, really the more interesting thing to me is is the ethical debate that's there. All right, let's talk really quick about um, Harrison Wells not being able to run fast. When Piper's there, something happens to him. He starts losing his speed. And uh, and not only that, he appears to actually lose the ability to walk. Yeah. Well, did you notice his legs were vibrating when he was on the ground? No, no, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. So he gets up to run. And he falls down to the ground. And he's like, not right now. And you look at his legs and his legs are just vibrating. Really? OK. Like, I... j- just like Barry's hand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Like, so. So. But it's it, but it's interesting though because it's the same kind of thing where his legs vibrating like Barry's hand was vibrating, but for Barry it was a mental thing. For Wells it seems more like a a, a physical kind of thing where he can't uh, he can't manifest uh, in this case the reverse speed force in the same way that he could or that Barry can uh, can manifest the speed force. <laughs> in fact, that, that kind of gives me an idea of where his uh, reverse flesh gets its powers. Yeah. All right. So he goes. I mean, obviously, it's, it's at the tail end of the episode where we actually see him in the future room powering back up with the tachyons. And it says that it is pulling uh, uh, what is something like it's it's sapping the seed speed force or it's it's doing something with the speed force. Yeah, I, I just heard the term speed force and I just I, know, had, I lost you know, it when that happened. too. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of missed the rest of that conversation with Gideon. <laughs> And I was like, yes, they said speed force. They said speed force. I'm like, you know, opening up my balcony. He's like, guys, guys, they said speed force on the flash. Collis in the chat's reminding us right now. They said speed force absorption, which I love. Because oh, okay. the idea, of course, is that the reverse flash actually doesn't, you know, he doesn't necessarily tap into the speed force, but he actually uh, steals it. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and actually, in I want to say rebirth, they actually explore the concept of, of a actual reverse speed force. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I love the fact that we are now starting to see the groundwork for expanding the mythology, the lore, if you will, around what the speed force is in this universe and how it's going to work. 
the tachyons apparently, I mean, H.D. Wells even says it to Gideon that it was only meant to be a temporary solution. What was it that he said to, it wasn't Rainbow Raider, it wasn't, what was the guy that could take Barry's powers? Blackout. Blackout. He says something about the fact that Blackout has the ability to take Barry's powers and he's really interested in that. So I wonder if he created the Flash in order to take the Speed Force from him. And, like, take his place or what? I don't think to take his place, but I don't know. I don't know what – I mean, we. That's, that's the beautiful thing. Everybody – there's kind of this whole debate of, oh, well, if H.G. Wells ends up being Eobard Thawne, that's too easy. And I, I got to disagree wholeheartedly with that that idea. I mean, I think that he is Eobard Thawne. That doesn't take away from the mystery of this character. None of us know what he's up to. And, yeah. I, you know, and I, I, I have no clue what he's up to. I love all the different theories that we're able to kind of throw around, but – uh, every single episode, whatever my theory of the moment is, is constantly challenged, and uh, and I love that man. It keeps us guessing. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. Like I, I'm just when we were talking about this, just thinking that perhaps because you know tachyons are particles that uh, uh, can travel faster than light, and so theoretically could travel backwards in time and things like that. You know, right. that's kind of venturing into the OMG science area. But uh, the idea that I was having is since he's from the future, perhaps he de- he invented a, a device in the future that can harness the speed force and channel it. And he could use it in the future. And that's what he used to go back in time. And so he he pumped himself up with speed force energy, went back in time, did whatever, did, you know, whatever it was he needed to do, uh, which I'm still kind of unclear on. And that's why he needed the tachyon device, because with the tachyon device, he can maybe transmit speed force energy from whatever device you've invented in the future to himself in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's how he's able to, to, you know, run fast and stuff like that is he, 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 he built this machine in the future tachyon device sends the energy, the speed force energy into the past and into him when he wears the device. And that's how he kind of recharges himself. Interesting. Man. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just, I don't know. Just, just kind of popped in my head. It sounds, it sounds interesting. So I'll have to do some rewatching of episodes to see if it pans out. But I don't know. You know, one thing uh, we haven't really talked about Papa Joe all that much, but you know, we do find out that he is continuing to investigate H.G. Wells and see what's up with them. But there were a lot of really great moments between him and and Barry early on. He he makes the comment like, you know, this guy's just kind of came out of nowhere and he's a large part of our lives. And you know, Papa Joe is taking an interest. And and even though it's from the standpoint of a cop, it's also from the standpoint of a concerned father. And I really, really like that. There's also a lot of uh, very cheesy moments that they make even uh, even more great when, <laughs> what was it, Barry's talking about how he could never be replaced, and then Papa Joe goes, aww. <laughs> <laughs> it's sap. It's so, so sappily delicious. Yeah, and I mean, come on. Like, I totally want to move in with Papa Joe. I know, right? Bacheloring up in that uh, in that house, that'd be awesome. Heck yeah, I get lasagna every night. Yeah, that was a big lasagna. Too. Well, I guess that makes sense. Because, yeah. I was thinking at the time when he brought it out, I was like, that is a full-fledged lasagna. He's making that for two guys, and now I'm just now realizing, oh, yeah, one of those guys is the Flash. <laughs> yeah. That's not enough lasagna in the world. That's true. Yeah. All right, so Pied Piper's in the basement, whether we like that or not, or whether we think that's okay or not. Uh, but he says he's not going to be there for long. At first, I thought that he was about to tap into his metahuman ability to control people. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Like, uh, that's more classic. Uh, Pied yeah, Piper like the, the classic. Exactly, exactly. And also ties into you know what could potentially be a, a tie into the anti-life equation, which they totally did not go on that route, which is perfectly fine. Which, yeah, I mean it's okay. I, I since they had brought up the emotional spectrum, I was kind of hoping they might hint at it, but 
you know, I, 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 I'm there's still potential. There's still yeah. potential. And, 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 and oh, I was going to say, uh, and don't get me wrong. I think Pied Piper best villain performance of the series so far. Mm, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought it was awesome. I, I, I super liked it. I think you might be right. I think I might go with you on that. Well, one thing is he's much more of a complex villain than what we've seen before. Very true. Very given true. his ties to the origins of so many of these characters. So, yeah, I, I think you might be onto something. Oh, yeah. It's hard to beat Captain Cold, though. I, I mean, I'm telling you, Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold is, is probably my favorite thing on television right now. That's true. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing is, and this is what makes me happy, you know, Pied Piper is actually, he, he does get reformed in the comics. And so there is kind of a potential redemption story for him, but I'm glad that they're keeping him a villain right now because I really want to see when all the rogues come together and Captain Cold, you know, brings them in this, uh, this huge triumphant moment. Uh, you know, I, I want Pied Piper there. I want, I want them all there. So yeah. uh, I'm glad that he is remaining the villain and he's going to kind of be this Hannibal Lecter in the basement, you know, telling them what's going on with apparently Firestorm. Yeah, and here's what's weird though. When uh, when that line came up, I I did kind of get just by the look on uh, Pied Piper's face and look on Cisco's face. I kind of thought, okay, maybe he's going to try to control him. But uh, you know, by the fact of him saying you're going to let me out of here soon, that kind of stuff. What kind of threw me off was when he talked about Firestorm. Yeah, I thought he was going to say because I know a, another secret about Wells because. Well, that was the bait and switch in the entire episode, right? He was saying that he knew this secret. We all thought it was the reverse Flash secret, but it's just that, you know, he knew that Wells... I mean, it's not even a legitimate secret. I mean, it, it looks like a good secret to everybody other than H.G. Wells, who knows that, you know, no, it's not that I had this opportunity to stop this thing from happening. You know, the real secret is H.G. Wells intended for everything to go down the exact way that it did. But Piper doesn't know that. But yeah, but it looks like Piper sees him when he's on the ground and his wheelchair is nowhere in sight. How could you not, you know, raise an eyebrow at that and say, hey, there's something going on here? Oh, I didn't think about that one. Well, he was yeah. crawling and there was explosions. Uh, and uh, Piper's a smart guy. That's a good point, man. Yeah, like I think he's way too smart to not notice that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. There, there's really no indication that they gave us that Piper actually knows the full secret behind Wells. But I mean, that's, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. And we also don't know how Wells got back in his chair. Yeah, Piper Piper picked him up and brought him there. Piper picked a pack of pick pickled. <laughs> <laughs> if Pied Piper picked up Paris and Pels and put him in his peel chair, how much? Never mind. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's funny though. It's funny. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what that uh, that means in the future. Whether or not they'll pick up next episode with uh, you know this revelation and this continued conversation between Cisco and Piper, that'll be uh, interesting. Or, you know, maybe they, maybe they might meet, leave him in a basement for a couple of episodes and come back and be like, you said you knew where Firestorm was. And he'll be I'm like, thinking, that was weeks ago. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking what they're going to go with is it, it, this is going to be a, um, a point of conflict for Cisco. Yeah. Because he has to weigh, you know, him wanting to help Ronnie and him wanting to, you know, help Caitlin uh, bring closure to this whole firestorm thing. But at the same token, you know, Ronnie clearly doesn't want to be found, doesn't want to be helped. I mean, he made that pretty poignant, you know, when he was fighting reverse flash, he's like, don't come find me again. And then he catches on fire and flies away, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm guessing they're going to, they're going to leave it a couple episodes and it's going to be him basically trying to figure out what he wants to do with this information. Does he tell Barry? Does he tell Caitlin? Does he tell Dr. Wells? Does he tell any of these people what's going on? 
Um, and I, I think that's what they're going to do with that is they're going to have him have an internal struggle for a little bit and then, uh, they'll, they'll revisit it, but yeah. Yeah. don't know for sure. Good stuff, man. One last thing before we uh, move on to news last week, I made, I made, you know, we speculated a little bit about flashpoint and, and what if Wells's original universe actually is the flashpoint universe and, uh, they could be leading to that in, in a future season or at the season finale. And, uh, and, you know, we, we kind of, you know, went to this thought that we've had several times that what if they actually introduced a Thomas Wells or Thomas Wells, a Thomas Wayne Batman uh, and, and put him in there. But it hit me right as soon as we got off the air. How much more sense and also how much cooler would it be if if Barry goes to some form of Flashpoint universe at the end of the season? What if instead of like a Thomas Wayne Batman, what if it was a Robert Queen arrow? So that Ollie is actually the one that killed himself on the raft, and so Daddy Queen is now the Green Arrow in a much darker Starling City. Oh, that would be really cool because it it, it would it would be very very similar to when the Flash shows up in the Flashpoint universe, and he's like, "Batman, you look a lot older than I thought you'd be." Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It would make sense. It would be a good parallel to that story. Um, you could, it's probably easier to pull off, I would imagine, given just the characters and and what they have access to, but. Uh, Anyway, so cool theory. I wanted to kind of float that out there and, and, and hear what some people think. But, uh, man, we've been going on for a while. Shall we jump into the news? Let's do it. News flash. A lot of news going on. Um, man, I don't know if you've seen this. I just saw this earlier today. But uh, some images have been floating around of the trickster. That is uh, Mark Hamill returning in the role of the trickster, as well as the new trickster. And they both look awesome. So I've seen the picture uh, with Candace Patton standing next to the mannequin with the terrifying laugh grin on its face. Right. And the old original trickster costume. I have not seen the new trickster costume. All right. So it's it. you talking about Mark Hamill or which one? So Mark Hamill was the one that uh, Candace Patton was sitting uh, was standing next to. Uh, that was the, the picture that I had seen. But I, I didn't know they released any sort of new. Pull up flashflans.org. OK, I see. Yeah. So it's Mark Hamill. Wow, he lost his Jedi beard. I know, but that's all right. I think uh, I think it works really well for this character. And just if you look at the design on his shirt. It's you know, very trickster The trickster is a character that you can really go full-on comic book. Yes, you know, absolutely. With just the look and the tone and everything else. So I'm excited, man. This, this really gets me excited. It gets me happy. Um, the expression that you see on Mark's face in this image uh, get, gives you the impression that he's kind of, you know, uh, he's a little weathered. I think he, he might be kind of tired of being the trickster. Well, he's in jail. Right, know, but, uh, but what I'm saying is, like, he's not insane. He's not, like, delighting in, uh, you, know, you think about the Joker in Arkham, right? Yeah, okay, so I don't think this interpretation of the trickster is of a crazy person uh, who, you know, plays practical jokes. Right. Uh, the, it, from what I've read, it seems like he's an anarchist who uh, is, you know, looking to just destabilize government and have, like, total anarchy everywhere. Yeah. So uh, the the tricks and whatnot are designed to further that anarchist agenda. Yeah, man. Looks good. I'm, I'm excited, dude. I mean, first of all, it's Mark Hamill, so, you know. Yeah. That's, it's, that's just going to be amazing in, itself, in and of itself. But uh, I, I love that the fact that they can – they're using this opportunity in the best way possible, which is to incorporate a lot of the look and feel of the trickster from the comics. And so that's – it's going to be awesome. And actually, the, the new trickster also very much looks like the new trickster of, of the new 52. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. It's kind of like a punk sort of uh, uh, like a like a punk anarchist from the 80s. Yeah. Oh, with, totally. Totally. Yeah. Mixed. But but like mixed with a clown, though, because you instead of having the black and white like you would a punk, it's like 
you know, you have spikes and blues and plaid and and <laughs> like looks, all these awesome colors. Looks amazing. Look, I'm I can't tell you how excited I am for the day when we actually see these guys come together as the Rogues. Like I think about back to on Smallville when the Justice League first came together and there's this big walking towards the camera moment where all the you know you got you got Clark Superman in, in the middle and Green Arrow and Aquaman and all these different characters are uh, all you know flanking him on either side dude it's going to be freaking Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold with all of these different rogues all kind of walking towards the camera except they didn't just blow up some of Lex Luthor's buildings they blew up some you know who knows government facility or whatnot it, it's going to be insane and I tell you what though, I'm really looking forward to Captain Cold and Pied Piper vying for leadership because I can see that happening. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I mean, none of these guys are really team players, but um, given the calculated nature of uh, of both of those characters, you're right. That that'll be an interesting head to head. Absolutely. There is another rogue that is coming uh, in the near future. Of course, this is uh, Mark Martin, brother of Clyde Martin. Early on, we uh, we talked to our good friend Chad Rook, who uh, portrayed the original Weather Wizard for this series. Now we're going to get his brother coming in and playing. Uh, we don't know exactly what, though. We don't know if um, if he is a metahuman and got the powers in the exact same way that, uh, that, that his brother did, or if he's got some sort of technological edge based on the powers that his brother had. Who knows? I'm going to guess that it's uh, metahuman-based. Yeah, I would imagine Simply so because too. he was in the plane with his brother. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to see him coming back because I want to know what they're going to do with it. Um, I'm, I, I want to see, you know, if they do go the technological route, how a bunch of common bank thieves got a handle on this tech, Yeah, <laughs> you know, things like that. So th- th- this is going to be, I'm really looking forward to this episode here in the future. Do we know when, uh, when he's supposed to be, uh, be on there? Uh, I'm sure it's been announced, but I don't have that information pulled up. I do know that it's going to be, uh, Liam, how do you say his last name? Uh, Liam McIntyre. All right. Liam McIntyre. He's from, uh, Spartacus. Now, do you ever watch Spartacus? I have not. I've, I've heard good things, though. Yeah, I'm, f- I'm familiar with it, but I've, I've never actually watched it. And uh, I think that a lot of the uh, the actors from those shows have, uh, from Spartacus have gone on to do some pretty incredible work. So, uh, Oh, and Greenclaw uh, pointed out that it is uh, episode 15 where we will see the return of Weather Wizard. All right. Good looking out, Greenclaw. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, you know, last but not least, I mean, we're, we're kind of running a little bit late. So I, I want to direct you guys over to last week's episode of Panel to Screen where we talked about Vixen. Uh, who will be entering into this universe in an animated format on uh, CW Seed. And uh, we go into you know great detail over on panel to screen about that. So check that out this week. And uh, yeah, man, let's jump into some listener feedback. Hey guys, this is Chad Rook, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right. Hey, B&B, it's me again. I just got a weird theory. What if another or the same reverse flash was Henry Allen from another time and dimension? It probably has a lot of holes, but it might seem possible considering Grant's plot twist uh, he hinted at. And for the record, it would be really trippy to have a Barry, I am your father moment. <laughs> what do you guys think, Caitlin Barnard? Uh, I think that that is a pretty weird theory, as you say. Um, but if they were to do something like that, it would make sense in like a flashpoint capacity, right? Where it's kind of a reverse of everything that we've come to know. Perhaps maybe in that other universe, uh, the flash of that world is actually Henry Allen, which would be kind of a, a fun uh, nod. They could even give him more of a Jay Garrick-like look. I don't think they're going to go that route. Dude, I know they, they have to now because it's just popped in my head and it would be wonderful. So Barry and Papa Allen 
uh, are visiting each other in prison. And then all of a sudden the reverse flash shows up and he's like, Barry, I am your father. <laughs> and then Henry's like, no, no, I, I I'm his father. <laughs> and like, oh, oh, well. And then they just go into this like really long explanation of how, yeah, it was funnier in my head, but I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, yeah, so it, it's, that's a trippy theory. It's actually one that I've seen every once in a while it'll pop up, the uh, what if Henry Allen is actually the reverse Flash. And uh, it, it would be, um, yeah, I just don't think they're going to go that way. Because the other, the other thing, too, is even if it's Henry, Henry Allen from another universe, uh, he's such a such a righteous character. You know what I mean? Like like here it is, there's this, uh, this great perfect father figure to Barry who has been cast into prison as a completely innocent man. Barry goes to his dad in these like huge moments in his life, and he's always just this sense of comfort. He's the sense of safety and security in the midst of all this horrible stuff that's going around him. It would be, it would be, just I don't know, man. It'd be a knife in the back to have a Henry Allen as a Reverse Flash. I would feel as betrayed as Team Flash did when uh, we found out that Harrison turned on the accelerator when there was a risk it could explode. Yes, yes. Of course, we know that he always knew those. Yes. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Mike Salinas on iTunes writes in says, love the show so far, have been listening since day one and really enjoy it. Can't wait to enjoy the rest of the season. Uh, Mike, man, thank you for that feedback. And you know what? It's time to declare a winner. All right. Are you ready for my awesome drum roll? Let's idea? do it, man. All right. Here we go. I mean, it's okay. Did it come through? I don't. I don't know what it sounded like. Cause it just sounds t- like typing to me. Yeah, it sounded. It sounded like kind of. But like you were just typing. Yeah, I, I thought it would sound cool. You guys sounded. It said it sounded like an earthquake earlier when I was typing. So I was hoping it'd be like this really nice, loud. <laughs> All right. We mentioned at the top of the show we're giving away a free digital comic to one of you. That's right. All you have to do, and just as a reminder, uh, is head on over to iTunes, write us a review, and every single time we get ten reviews. We will give away a free digital comic. And uh, this happened last episode. And we're actually three away from it happening again. So you might want to go ahead and head over there to uh, get yourself in the running. But this week, we are giving away a free digital comic to... Wheels of Joy. Ta-da! Congratulations, Wheels of Joy. You need to uh, shoot us an email or hit us up on Twitter, and we will get that all worked out for you. But uh, thank you for supporting us and giving us that feedback, wonderful feedback that you've done. And uh, we hope that you enjoy your free digital comic from Comixology. Absolutely. Let me let me let me know what you get. Yeah, we want to know. We want to know. Post it out. Screen cap. Actually, I guess you can't. You probably shouldn't like screenshot digital comics because that would be the same as. Just I don't like like say this was the one I got. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to post screenshots of the comic online. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Seems a bit overkill. <sighs> oh yeah. Here's this digital comic that I got that I am now posting on the internet. Yeah, you could. Good. We could, yeah. but it's kind of illegal. Hey, speaking of digital comics, man, there's a wonderful webcomic called The Brogues that comes out every single Tuesday. It is illustrated by the amazing Matthew Bell and written by the mediocre myself. We hope that you check it out. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I'm mediocre. The writing is phenomenal. So check that out at thebrogues.com every single Tuesday. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. 
And also be sure to check out our parent show, Panel to Screen, where this week we uh, talk about the new Fantastic Four trailer, and we actually kind of go into some Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. want to send a special thanks out to Mike H. Schmidt. You can find his work at SoundCloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt and Woo Kim uh, for helping us make this thing happen. They are part of our Flash TV Talk Flash family, and we really appreciate them for doing it. Hey, speaking of families... If you head over to DCTVTalk.com right now, you can find a nice little grid with all of these wonderful recommended after-show podcasts for DC television. you got, of course, Flash TV Talk, you got Arrow TV Talk, you got Gotham Podcast, and a brand new podcast. This is really awesome. Supergirl TV Talk. Uh, the guys from Beer, Beer with Geeks have started a brand new podcast about the upcoming show Supergirl. They'll be uh, bringing, I think, weekly content, telling you what's going to be coming. Uh, some, you know, it's very similar to what we did in Season Zero. Really excited for those guys. I think that's going to be amazing, amazing podcast. So check them out, supergirltvtalk.com. Also stick around after the outro music for spoilers on next week's episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Episode 12, Crazy for You, otherwise known as How Barry Got His Groove Back. Bell, <laughs> we got a little bit of a sneak preview here for what's going on. Tell me, uh, tell us what's going to happen next episode. Well, Caitlin decides that she and Barry need to move on from Ronnie and Iris and find new loves, so she takes him for a night out at a local karaoke bar. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Caitlin doesn't have any luck uh, making a love connection, but Barry meets Linda Park. Hello. Linda Park. Yeah, well, well Linda Park, man. You Linda know, Park. Okay, okay, okay. Nice, nice. Wally West love interest. Yeah. So yeah. Barry meets Linda Park, who is a sports reporter for the Central City Picture News, and asks her out on a date. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're going to see that uh, Cisco is going to be considering Pied Piper's dangerous offer uh, as the team continues their search for <laughs> Shauna, a metahuman. With teleportation powers. Uh, now, as I recall, man, I think this is actually the comic book villain Peekaboo. Okay. Uh, so it should be a pretty interesting uh, interesting character to see uh, on, uh, on the Flash here. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Sounds like love is in the air. Yeah, so that's an interesting power set for them to have to try and contain. So, because, uh, I mean, if you can teleport, you can't really stay imprisoned very easily. No, yeah. I mean, even, even inside the, uh, the Supermax basement. Yeah, so I'm wondering what's going to happen there. That should be good. Yeah, man, I, I'm kind of curious about this. Uh, the, the what what interests me the most is the fact that they're going to be doing the Linda Park thing because she, of course, was a love interest of uh, Wally West. In fact, actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they get married in the comics. But of course, that was the pre New Fifty Two hmm. Linda Park and Wally West. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what this means. I think Malise Yao is, is probably younger than Grant. And I would hope that they would at least kind of keep it open so that if they did kind of introduce a uh, a Wally West, he may be younger than her, but, you know, still a potential love connection. Well, Barry's 25, and, I mean, she's a sports reporter, so she's graduated, I'm sure, some form of college, so she's probably around, you know, According to her IMDb 20s. page, she's 23. Yeah, but I'm saying the character of Barry is 25. Is that right? I think so, because huh. it's also Grant Gustin's the same age, or he's twenty six now, I guess. Okay, well, I mean, all right. So if he's all right, so let's just let's just go out there with this. If he's twenty five and she is twenty three, uh, maybe they could introduce if they introduced a a um, Wally West who was eighteen uh, or eighteen today. Maybe in two years, that make him twenty. Should be twenty. I mean, it could, it could still work. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still work. What is it like? Half your age plus seven, something like that. <laughs> that sounds. Good. <laughs> I think I heard that on Parks and Rec. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's good. All right, man. Well, one way or the other, it'll be interesting to see, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, but uh, I'm also looking forward for some more Flashtastic awesomeness. And if you are too, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro copyright Matt S C. A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24/7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.